Welcome to Robin and Joa Save the World, one book at a time, a spoiler-free podcast brought to you by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. If you like what you hear, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy the show. Encore episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And today you're not going to hear my co-host because today I'm by myself. So I am doing my very first solo interview on the podcast. And I hope you all are excited as I am when it comes to this. So drum roll. (laughs) So my guest today for this episode is a wonderful individual who I didn't Google. So it's going to be a short introduction, this one. I am a woman of a few words. Not, not really. But okay. So my guest today is Castle, Miss Castle, Robin Castle. See, I almost forgot her name. Jesus Christ. (laughs) How could I? So Robin Castle, and you may have known her from not only her Instagram or her Twitter, which we will put on the show notes, but also her previous uh, nonfiction book that she has out and she has been having out for a while. And we'll ask her a little bit about that in this interview. But the book is Don't Drink the Bathroom Water, which is a hilarious take on a cross country move or cross sea move, I should say. I don't know what the exact word is when it comes to this one, but we'll ask her during our interview. But without further ado, listeners, here is Miss Robin Castle. How are you, Robin? Hello. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay. How did you like the introduction, by the way? Did that, was that good? Did I miss anything? I think you did a pretty good job. Yes, I did have an international move about 10 years ago, and I wrote a book about that, a nonfiction book, and about kind of uh, all my mistakes and what I would have, could have, should have done, but in a lighthearted way. And and now I wrote a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So what made you write a murder mystery. Why that genre? I've always loved mysteries. Always. I've been a big fan. Even when I was a child, I used to read Nancy Drew mysteries and Hardy Boy mysteries. And when I was nine, I wrote my very first, it was called the Mrs. Beverly mystery. (laughs) And I wrote about a a mystery where the murder weapon was cocaine. Mm, I was nine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So, so many questions because I mean, yes. where does a where does a nine year old get mm. the idea? Were you reading newspapers already? Watching? No, movies? no. Uh, our neighbors. Uh, so we lived in a like an apartment block, and our immediate neighbors next door, the husband was a police officer who. My, my parents were good friends with on Wednesday and on Thursday, they hated him. They wouldn't, we couldn't speak to them. My parents were like, very, <laughs> don't talk to them, don't anything. And come to find out he was arrested. He was one of the biggest drug dealers in town. It was what? very shocking. 
Yeah, you'd think you would have lived in like a a nice house or something. I don't know. But um, so there was a lot of talk about cocaine all the time. And I grew up thinking that was regular. And so <laughs> I walk us through school and, 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 and sharing that story with your classmates and your teacher. Yes. Did they call CPS on your parents? <laughs> they didn't. And they <laughs> maybe should have at least asked a few more questions. You, it's funny because in hindsight, at least not to my knowledge, maybe my parents know more, would know more, but um, I don't remember anybody making a big fuss out of that or thinking it was strange. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think... Well, listening to this now, it, it just, it makes complete sense. And, and I hope the listeners can agree or disagree. I don't know. And get on the comments. Right. But it's, it's like almost you grew into this genre. I mean, now, if you think about it, would you say that is so you live next to a, a police officer that turns to be the biggest drug dealer in town? Your parents kind of feels a, a bad vibe coming from that, you know, that apartment, because on Thursdays, they're not friends while on Wednesdays, they are. Yeah. I mean, would you feel like you kind of like, oh, grew into the genre, and now it's like you're making it your own? Absolutely. It's interesting, too, that it happened at age nine, which I think is kind of a pivotal age. I think in a way, my parents, by saying suddenly, oh, don't talk to them, don't, you know, we can't have any contact with them. I think my parents made them kind of attractive. <laughs> <laughs> like it made me more curious. Yeah. And yeah. it made me want to know more about them. And I don't know that he was the like, not necessarily the biggest drug dealer in the whole town, but certainly one of them, he was a very prominent drug Dang. dealer. He ended up getting sentenced for like, uh, for two life or three 100 year consecutive sentences. Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, might as well yeah. say life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. And that, that made it, I would say, like, if my parents, right, at nine would say, you know, no, you can't do that, that in itself becomes a mystery to me, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let me check that out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's going uh... on? Mm -hmm. So now I have to ask you, what were your favorite authors growing up? My favorite authors, like a lot of kids, I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed mysteries. I enjoyed, this is also fun. <laughs> I liked to read widely, quote unquote. So I read everything I could find. And our school had a kind of a smallish library, I would say, for a K through eight school. And I read every book in the library, literally every book in the library by like, maybe, um, maybe like, sixth grade or something. And so I, I was asking the librarians who were quite annoyed with me, by the way, uh, no. you know, why aren't there more books? Why? I need something else to read. Can we get other books? And they were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, just reread something. You'll be fine. Um, and they knew, you know, because you had to sign out books. So they knew. But I just love to read. And I was that kid. I did a lot of daydreaming, too. I, yeah. School was kind of easy for me. And 
for whatever reason, I used to have eidetic memory, which is uh, photographic memory. And I think the way that school was taught back then, which is quite a bit different from now, was based on memorization. And so for me, that sort of played into my strengths, right? I could look at something and I could see it and I could retain it and I could retain it for a long time. So school was easy for me and I would spend kind of the day daydreaming and thinking up stories and scenarios. And yeah, that's how I spent my school days. (laughs) But I did fine in school. And I was very like, I was the kid who would create games and create scenarios for us to play. Like it wasn't enough. We couldn't just play house, by the way. No, no. I would make these elaborate forts outside in my backyard, just you know, dining chairs and sheets, but, but mine had to be fancy. So (laughs) I would take like paper and I would cut out something. I am not unfortunately artistic. So I would create paper. I would cut paper rather. And I would place it and I would say, Oh, that's our, that's our light fixture. That's our chandelier. That's our, you had to use your imagination to play in my world. It was a big world of imagination. I will say that. And I, and I created a million games. I created games that were based on like what we had available. Luckily, we lived near a woods, so we could play in the wood. Back in those days, you know, you went outside by yourself and you could run around and play as long as you were home by dark, right? So yeah, yeah, we would do I that. I would make we would make snow forts, we would have snowball fights and all sorts of things. We had like a lot of fun, but it was very much my life was very oriented around books and imagination very early. Mm. Did any of this translated into your book that you have written now? And what is the title of this book that you've written? Ooh, Related by Murder is the first book in the series. It's the Detective Pair Mystery Series. But the first book is a prequel. And so we get an amateur sleuth. Our main character acts as the amateur sleuth. And our main character is Elise. Elise Edwards. I love her with my whole heart and soul. Elise is wrong. (laughs) Everything about Elise. Elise is a person who grew up very, very sheltered. And so she doesn't know the rules of society. And she's unpredictable, under-socialized, and she will do anything. It's the best, most fun character you could ever write when there are no rules. Elise follows no rules. She has no idea. It's brilliant. It's awesome. And the things that she'll say, too, are very interesting. It lends itself to a lot of nice dry humor. Sometimes the dry humor comes from her innocence and her lack of knowledge. And sometimes she is just snark personified and she doesn't care. So do we get to see some of this playfulness from young Robin Castle back in the day and imagination and and uh, maybe perhaps some cocaine in there as well? Yeah. <laughs> not, in this, not in this book, but probably future books. <laughs> I do. I believe I grew up thinking that cocaine was like in every household. <laughs> Just sort of regular and, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Fabulous childhood. <laughs> no, but, you know, kids do that, right? Things that happen when you're young, they make such a strong imprint in your mind and you don't, 
I don't know, maybe you don't know enough to question it or to yeah. kind of put it in the right box rather as yeah. an unusual event. So yeah, I just thought that was just normal, just Tuesday, regular. Your neighbor, <laughs> your neighbor getting arrested as a major crime lord, normal Tuesday, normal. regular. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, as it goes, as it happens. Was like arrested for selling stolen goods. So you can tell. Jesus. Yeah. You? It was an interesting neighborhood. <laughs> the police were there a lot. I also thought that was normal. <laughs> I was going to say you had all the crimes that you could, oh. you, you know, just go ahead and start your investigative process too. Yes. And that <laughs> comes into the book because Elise nice. lives in a bad neighborhood, right? And Elise lives in the kind of bad neighborhood where you have to be smart to survive. You, Elise lives in a neighborhood where you can't take things for granted and make it out, right? So I talk about that. I talk about her house. But the first house I bought, it's very much the first house I bought. I put that into this book. Um, there's not a lot in this book that's really from real life because imagination is more fun. But the house that she lives in that is kind of a falling apart shack. Mm -hmm. That was my first house. <laughs> For sure. You know, and I talk about like the wind coming in the windows and, yeah, yeah. and it's cold and there's just no way for it not to be cold. <laughs> all, the things, all the things. But, you know, but buying that house, that was a great move. Like in life, you never, ex you never know what's going to be a great move. Most people would probably look at it as a, as a bad idea, but mm -hmm. I learned so much about how to live how to make a house warm well how to not make a mouse how to how to make a house that will never be warm livable and not Liv die yeah yeah <laughs> i learned and and a lot of other things it was a good experience in the end so there you go yes yes so hmm. what what else um can we see in the book that is relatable ha 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 not by murder relatable <laughs> but that is relatable to um not just your life but your living experience and your world around you well that's a good question i i think in this book see while this is written as a traditional murder mystery this is not a cozy mystery okay um there are it does touch on some grittier topics so it's definitely not a cozy mystery just so everybody knows it's a traditional mystery in the vein of Agatha Christie and Thursday Murder Club and books like that i'm not saying it's of that quality but it is very very good i will say <laughs> but it's a traditional mystery but i wanted to give it I wanted to modernize it. So often when I read a traditional mystery, it's all about rich people or it's all about, mm. you know, it's just kind of one insular group of people so often. And that just wasn't my life experience. That didn't ring true to me. Like that didn't feel natural to me. So I wanted to make a book that kind of felt natural to me. So this is an incredibly inclusive, diverse cast of characters who are through characters. The basis of the book is a book club, right? And it's a book club of published authors of very disparate backgrounds. Socioeconomically, they are disparate. I mean, Elise's best friend from childhood is Sunny, who is an author who's very, very successful. She's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, right? And then we have other authors who are varying degrees of success. So it's an interesting book club of five characters who are through characters who will appear in the whole series. And 
they have different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different everything. And it works. Uh, there's big LGBTQ plus representation. And it's not, this isn't an issues book. This isn't a social platform. There's no politicizing here. These are people who come together organically and just know each other because that, that's my life, right? I, I, I am not in one little pigeonhole with one little group of people. So that just felt more natural to me. And I just felt comfortable with that. And I know what it's like to be poor. So I, one thing too, sometimes when you read a book, poverty is romanticized. Poverty is hard. Like poverty yes. is stressful daily. And that is a part of Elise's life. And that is honestly portrayed. There is, I'm going to kind of give a little spoiler that this isn't how do I say that the ending is not dark? The ending is not dark. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to walk away from this book feeling, oh, God. No. Mm -mm. Elise, there is a lot of closure. Let me put it that way. And Elise hmm, bravely perseveres. And at the end of the book, you'll see that there's some sense, there's closure, there's completion, and you'll feel good about the ending. That's the right way to say it. Mm, that's exactly accurate. You'll feel good about the ending. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So no, no cliffhangers? Mm, not in <laughs> this book. Actually, okay. I'm just trying to think, not in this book, but this is the prequel, right? So here we have an amateur sleuth. Actually, there is a cliffhanger. I just realized it. There dun, is something dun, that dun. stays unresolved. Ooh. And in book two, which is called Seven Years, there's a sample of book two at the end of this, of Related by Murder. So Related by Murder is the prequel. Uh, seven years is the beginning of the detective pair mysteries. And we have one member of book club whose name is pair, whose nickname is pair. And she will be our official detective, our official authoritative detective. And Ooh. in book two, she's the main character. And then in book three, we return to Elise as a point of view character. So all the characters go through, you'll see your friends over and over again. And the setting, I think one of the things that's very interesting about this setting is that it's set in a place, a fictional place called Harrietu in the year uh, 2003. Harrietu is like in Western New York, like around Buffalo or something where it snows a lot. And, but the idea of Harrietu is that it's an that it's a community that understands its history. So in Western New York, in fact, now these are factual things. I was doing some reading and I was always amazed to realize that there's an area in Western New York State in the United States that Harriet Tubman spent her later years in, that Frederick Douglass started his newspaper in and lived in for a very long time. Um, the Underground Railroad was incredibly active there because it's very, it's on the border of Canada. And also, you know, women's suffrage with like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, all those things happen in like one little area, which I find fascinating. Wow. And so basically that was the inspiration for Harrietu. And Harrietu is a printing mistake. The name comes by, you find this out in 
uh, seven years. But the name is a printer's mistake. And it was originally, it's a condensing of Harriet Tubman. Um, ah, and, nice. Yeah. And it acknowledges like, you know, there's a, there, Elise makes a great comment. She drives past the, the Frederick Douglass statue and she says, yeah, where's the statue for Anna Murray Douglas, who had to do all the dirty work? And there's some interesting little things in there. But anyway, Anna Murray Douglas was the wife of Frederick Douglass, who, uh, you know, he would bring people home and she would have to like yeah. take care of them, look after them, cook for them. He was running a newspaper that was read internationally and he was traveling internationally and she was illiterate. How about what? that? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. gathering that you did a lot of research. Well, that was that's one of those things that's sort of a happy a happy accident. I already knew I was already interested in those things and looking at those things, and I plugged them into the setting of the book. In the nice. first draft, in the first draft of the book, um, I have to say that there wasn't much setting. <laughs> The book sort of happened in the ether, I guess. And, but that's okay. You know, for first drafts, first drafts can be messy. That's fine. But a lot of, a lot of the book came to me fully formed. The idea of book club, the idea of Elise is kind of a difficult person because friends in a murder investigation, a difficult main character is a dream. She's also, it's a first person present tense story. So all we know in Related by Murder is what Elise knows or is willing to tell us. And she's not always very forthcoming. She's definitely an unreliable narrator. And she does it with snark. So what's not to love? (laughs) It sounds like it's going to be a great read. So I have a question for you. What can you tell us about the forthcoming books. Oh, the, the trilogy. Is this going to be a trilogy, by the way? No, it's going to be an ongoing series. Oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So what can you tell us, though? What have you written thus far? Okay, here's where we start. We start with this prequel related by murder. In seven years, uh, we have Detective Pear, who's officially our detective. The story goes to Ireland. We're going to travel to Ireland. Ah! Mm-hmm. This is an international series. Ooh, very, very. <laughs> Love Not it. Not really. Mostly it's just <laughs> just that one time. And <laughs> mostly it is based in Harriet too. Um, and we learn more about the backstory of Harriet too in book two. And in book three, we have a missing person story. And we return to Elise, Elise's point of view. But Detective Pear is the detective working on the story. They have to work together. And that is problematic. <laughs> they're kind of opposites. <laughs> in oh. fact, they're deeply opposite, I would say, in every way. And yeah. And then in <laughs> book four, oh, I can't really, I can't tell you what book four is about because it's a spoiler about some things you learn about in book two. Uh, so okay. That's fine. Yeah, carry yeah. on. That's but not, it'll be yeah. fun. There's some things planted you see the first little glimmer in book one in, uh, in Related by Murder, the mentions of like Purple Snow and Movad, which is a factory in Harriatu. And then in book two, you learn much more about Movad. And then in book four, mm, some of that comes, 
center stage. Yeah, it comes into play. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. This is good. This is mm-hmm. great. I love mm-hmm. it. So this book starts as a book club. Yes. Tell that's me good. your own personal stories of book clubs. Are you part of a book club? Have you been part of a book club? That's an interesting question. I have. <laughs> how do I say this? I have never been part of a fiction book club, right? But in effectively, I feel like graduate school sort of was book club. That's going to be a weird thing to say. But I mean, we would read 300 pages every night and then come to class and discuss, which is effectively book club, right? Yes, yes, yes. So basically, I feel like graduate school was book club in in a certain way of nonfiction, hopefully. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) But uh, anyway, and it was a great place to learn how to like nuance, right? And kind of digging deeper and thinking critically about not just what I'm reading, what is there, but what isn't there. Thinking critically about what has been left out of a manuscript too. That, mm, that's a good thing. So tell Man. us, what does what does Elise like about this book club that she's in? And Ooh. what doesn't she like? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, that's an amazing question. So Elise feels like she has to go to book club because she feels like she needs these contacts. Pretty much everybody in book club is more successful than she is um, at the beginning of the book. And so she feels like she has to get, you know, to kind of rub shoulders and to try to Uh, to pick up whatever. Yeah, to network. Exactly. But really... The real reason Elise goes to book club, you learn very early in the book, is Lanicia. Ooh, Lanicia. Elise idolizes Lanicia. Every week, every week, every month, when they meet at book club, they meet at Lanicia's house. And Lanicia makes Elise's heart pound. She loves Lanicia. And I don't, you'll see over time, it has a trajectory. I don't want to give spoilers, so I have to be careful. But but that's really what keeps her attending book club, ultimately. What she doesn't like about book club is almost the same thing, right? So it's hard to inflict their success, the success of her fellow book club members on herself every month, right? By going there, she it's a reminder that she's not as successful and that's painful for her. And also she refers to, you know, bathing and basking in their suburban splendor. They always meet at Lanicia's house. And Lanicia lives in some kind of upscale suburbs. And that's hard. That's a hard thing for Elise because Elise is working hard. Elise is doing all the right stuff and she's struggling and she's really struggling. Oh. She spends $18 a week on food. How yeah. about that? Wow. So- I already care about Elise and I haven't oh, even I started reading this. So Can I read awesome. the blurb? Yes. Go for it. And I have a snippet too or two. Um, yes, yes, yes. Here's the blurb from the back of the book, the official blurb for Related by Murder. 
Writing murder mysteries by day, Elise Edwards exists in a cocoon of routine designed to protect her from the outside world. When her brother Chester is murdered, her dismal life is shattered, and she's forced to confront her past, her brother, and herself. Working with her nemesis by night to investigate Chester's murder, she uncovers shocking secrets, including her nemesis's lack of alibi. Has Elise been cavorting with a killer? As Elise investigates further, the list of Chester's enemies keeps growing and includes Elise's best friend. When the police discover that Chester's murder mirrors the plot of Elise's most recent book, she's brought in for questioning. Elise refuses to cooperate. Is she protecting the killer? Or has the killer been hiding in plain sight all along? Whoa. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That has a lot of teeth in there. A lot of teeth. That's good. Mm-hmm. We follow some of those mystery tropes, friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is is are they hiding in plain sight? You know. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's always that. That I'm. I'm telling you, that is always a great thing as you're reading it, and then you come to the whole, you know, thing at the end, and you're like. You want to reread it now because you want to see where the clues were at that you missed, you know, all along. So this is this is awesome. I could tell this is going to be a fun book to read. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, can I, may I read a snippet? Please do. So this is a little, little taste of Related by Murder. By Friday, I will have submitted the revisions for Death Came in the Mail. And I'll be on my way to a career as a writer who writes murder mysteries because apparently I'm good at it. Horror will be left in the past where it belongs. But first, there's more penance to pay. I must meet with Pear, regrettably. Because Pear has decided that she's integral to the solution of this crime, I steal myself for her visit because the pair of suspects and solutions is not the pair of book club. That pair is bumbling and easily intimidated. This pair, the pair who will soon darken my doorstep, is clever and insistent. That is the problem. I can see they don't get along. Probably because one of them did something bad. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. 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 But we got to read it to find out, though. So saying that, when does the book come out? May 4th. The book comes out May 4th. It has a gorgeous uh, gorgeous cover that was done by Safran Amati. You can find her on Instagram. She's incredibly talented and wonderfully easy to work with. Easy to work with is a big, Mm -hmm. that's worth everything. Um, I have another snippet. May I read another little snippet? It's very different. My lunch is spoiled by the noisy intrusion of ringing. It's sunny. How are you doing with your murder mystery? I can't get started. Who died? Just tell me, Elise, who died? The butler. He died. You know the expression, the butler did it? Well, in this case, it was done to the butler. Ooh, yes, but why? Why indeed? Because he was having an affair with the nanny, who the man of the house coveted. No, too tawdry. 
or because the man of the house loved him and the butler had left him for another, and he killed him in a fit of jealous rage. He didn't intend to kill him, but once he did, he covered it up because he didn't want his wife to find out. It's her money. She comes from money, and he didn't want to lose everything. You can show him covering up the murder, feeling guilty, missing his lover. It could be quite beautiful, really. Got it. I can take it from here. Thanks, Elise. You're a lifesaver. I doubt the butler would agree. Sonny hung up abruptly, but I understood. The butler, loyal and hardworking, dashing in his well-cut uniform. It had taken years for the man of the house, Bob, Steve, Wesley, Wesley, to gather his courage. And when he did, when he touched the butler's arm and let his hand linger, when he made eye contact and held his gaze, it made his heart sing and he was happier than he'd been in his entire life. And ultimately, that was why he'd have to kill him. So no one would touch his butler. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Oh, my goodness. Have you thought of um, letting Elise write a little bit more of this butler story and, um, and sharing it with um, potential readers? So it's interesting. <laughs> the response, there are, so the book club, early in the book, the book club sets out to write their own murder mysteries, right? Each author is going to write their own murder mystery for book club and bring them. And are they swap. all murder mystery authors? No, none of them are at the beginning. Ah. In fact, that's part of why they read murder mysteries at book club, because it's no one's genre that they write in. So they read murder mysteries so that it can just be a book club and they can kind of read and be relaxed. Um, but uh, yeah, so they decide to write murder mysteries. And I wrote snippets of everybody's murder mystery. Everybody's murder mystery has a little introduction at book club. That is and so my cool. beta readers went nuts for the snippets. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and especially this one, everybody wants to read more. So I'm definitely going to write some short stories. Um, yes. With these and distribute yeah. them in my newsletter. I like to give out stuff like this in my newsletter because it, it sort of feels like home. Do you know what I mean? Yes, my yes, newsletter, yes. like it's a wonderful community. The people are very kind and so I like to share stuff like this with them. It's it's just fun. Just for fun. Good fun. They'll love it. I think they'll love it. Like I mm. was hooked on this um this <laughs> short snippet of the butler. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yes. wait to get it. it. It's a fun book. It's a fun book and there are a lot of layers to it and there are some interesting themes. But it's a murder mystery. Again, it's not an issues book, right? The themes are all around murder and the mystery and 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 some maybe ethical things there. <laughs> Trying not to give spoilers. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, that's that's I I feel well. This is my personal opinion. That's how a book should read. As it's just it's a story, and what's in the story is just. You know, it could be several things in there, but really what we're reading for is the story. Yes. So I think that's that's what it is here. I mean, obviously the characters are going to have issues. There's going to be things that happen that we're going to just get from the story itself, you know, yeah. and that's the story telling us about the issue. Yeah. yeah. And there's a good balance of light and dark. I try to be careful um, to That's balance. always important. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there's a little bit, um, you know, it's a murder mystery. So there's a little darkness. So I try to be very careful about that and about having a little humor, a little lightness, a little levity, a little, and at least just lends herself to that. At least <laughs> is comedy. <laughs> like, at least is a mess. <laughs> It's always good, though, to have that that character, that reprieve in the books, right? So that way you're not always on a downward spiral the whole time that you're reading it. You know, it can get a little heavy as a reader. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Hey, I have one more question for you, though, Robin, because we, we keep talking about Elise and other characters, but right, writing, right, while you're writing, or not even okay. while you're writing, right, today, okay. looking back at this book. Related by murder, who is your standout character that you never thought, like, wow, this person did that and I didn't see that coming? Hmm. Who's my standout character? I mean, obviously, I love Elise. I think the character of Sunny developed a lot. The In the first draft, Sunny was a little bit more not one dimensional, but superficial. And as I revised the book, I realized some things about Sunny. I know that sounds so passive, but it's true. I some things about Sunny's past and Sunny's life and Sunny's drive kind of came to me. And I rewrote some scenes to both deepen the scene and deepen Sonny's character. Um, Sonny was meant to be an unlikable character in the first draft, but I realized Sonny is not at all unlikable and Sonny is kind of wonderful. She's just very different and she is extraordinarily different from Elise, probably another opposite in a different direction, right? And that Sonny grew a lot. The one character who uh, one character shrank, Lenicia shrank a little bit uh, in her role in the book, but that's okay because she may have things going on in the future. She has a bright trajectory, let me tell you that. And Tayoga, who's the final member of book club along with Pear, Tayoga is such an important character because She's sort of a backbone character. She's like a rock solid character. You think she's rock solid, but is she? And then you learn her secrets. It's sometimes that hits harder. When you think a character's rock solid and then you learn their secrets, sometimes you go, oh, wow, I did not see that coming. So that's our group Tioga, Lenicia, Sunny, Elise, and Pear. Those are our book club members. And they all have interesting and quite varied experiences. And we learn just a little touch. We get just a little flavor of them. Um, I'm not big on backstory. And so you only learn enough about them. You only learn what you need to know for the mystery. And you uncover it as our detective, our amateur sleuth uncovers it. You learn a little bit more about the characters. And then you'll learn even more in the coming books because they have big, huge, whole lives now. These characters are like real people now. <laughs> but I started writing this book. I started writing Related by Murder in 2016. And this 
is probably the tenth draft. I've had it. It's been alpha red, beta red. <laughs> I, I, I have CP partners now. It's been through a lot of iterations. There was a little the setting needed development. I'm a bit of a I'm an underwriter, so I'm a bit of a white room writer. So I needed to describe a few things a bit more. It's a very sleek book, I'll tell you that. There's no purple prose, quite the contrary. And I needed to make the timeline a little bit clearer. That was an early question, but those things have all been resolved. And now here we go with a new series, The Detective Pair Mysteries. Welcome to the prequel. It's called Related by Murder. And you can get a nice taste of seven years in the final chapter at, at the end of Related by Murder. Woo -woo, I love it. And I love that the characters are so layered, you know, and, and thank you for being so sleek with your words because that is so... I, I cherish that as a reader. So that is amazing. I can't wait to read it. Sorry, is there a pre-order <gasps> going on? There is not, but it will be available on May 4th. Okay, so y'all listen to that. May 4th, May 4th. And where can we get it on May 4th? Uh, it'll be everywhere. It will be on Kobo. It will be on Amazon. It will be, there is an audiobook coming. And if you <gasps> want to stay in touch- yeah, there will be an audiobook coming. Yes. Uh, probably over the summer, there'll be an audiobook coming. S join my newsletter. It's the best way to stay in touch. It's the best way to, that's where I'm going to be distributing the short stories. And there is an alternate ending for this too. So if you join my newsletter, you can learn how you can get the alternate ending, which is very different from the current ending. <laughs> We had a different murderer originally. <laughs> no. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, y'all heard that. So go ahead and join her newsletter so that way you can stay abreast of all the new um, upcoming things that Robin will have, especially when it comes to this book. So that way you can get the short stories that will be coming out when it comes to this book as well. And I will put all of that in the show notes so that way y'all can go ahead and hit that hyperlink and get connected to Robin Castle and get this Related by Murder coming out on May 4th. Don't miss out. Because if you miss out, then you won't know what happens, right? <laughs> True. All right. Anything else that you will want to share with the listeners when it comes to like your Instagram, your Twitter, where can they connect with you online, your website? My website is robincastle.net. Uh, that's probably the best place to See, there's some reviews for the book. Early reviews are up on my website already. And that's probably the best place. I am on Twitter and Instagram at RobinCastle55. But really, my website and my newsletter are kind of my bedrock and the real place to connect with me. So thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. And don't forget to follow Robin on her website. And now it's time just for me because I'm alone on this podcast today, but I will go ahead and save the world one book at a time. And I will talk to y'all later, hopefully with Robin on the next episode. All right. Bye. If you like what you hear, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us at robinandjoa.com.